Welcome everyone. This is Jeff Cohn with the Wall Street Resource. Joining me is Gray Chenoweth. He's the CEO of Minim Inc. Good morning, Gray. Hey, great to be on with you today. Great to have you. So, Gray, for those that aren't familiar with Minim, can you just give us a quick overview of the company? Sure, I'd love to. So, uh, Minim's vision is to make Wi-Fi safe and supportive for everyone. And our mission is to do this by developing and distributing connectivity software that uh, gives people frequent network security updates, uh, helpful apps, extensive personalization options, and a really fantastic user experience. And the way that we deliver this uh, interface uh, and this software to consumers is with our global exclusive license to the Motorola brand for home networking equipment. Uh, and, and this is really great because you know, Motorola is one of the you know, best-known best brands uh, all around the world. Very good. So this license is perpetual, or, or does it come up for renewal? No, so the license, uh, we're in our second five-year term, and it's, uh, we're about midway through. It, it really is one of these fantastic relationships for us. Uh, Lenovo, who owns Motorola, uh, is interested in ensuring that their brand remains present in lots of different categories that they don't uh, participate in currently. So they, they primarily uh, use the Motorola brand in the handset business. And they look to extend the brand reach by partnering with companies like us. Uh, we were the first and, and, and are the largest to do this with them, but they have an entire program around this um, where they do a very, very deep dive into you know, who the company is, where they make their, uh, their, their products, uh, you know, extensive uh, interest and in, in look at security and the background of the operators because obviously the brand is of great interest and in, in maintaining the value of the brand is of great interest. They want to put out uh, quality products. So we, we have a long uh, you know, relationship with them, and, and they really do a great job of helping us uh, beyond just using the brand. So they obviously have a global reach, global team. They understand global markets. And we're excited to leverage that as we you know, develop our business here in the U.S. Uh, and also around the world. They also have a deep, deep expertise in supply chain. And so as we navigate uh, the issues that we've been navigating over the last 18 months, you know, they're great people to uh, build a relationship with and, and bounce ideas off of as we, as we navigate through all these issues. Uh, and they've just been a fantastic partner, and we're really excited about uh, continuing uh, our relationship with them. They're particularly excited about us because uh, over the last uh, year or so since uh, the merger uh, between uh, Minim and Zoom Telephonics in December of uh, 2020, uh, we have been uh, able to move the brand online from the number three position to the number one position because of all the different uh, work that we're doing on software, on branding, uh, on, on you know, uh, marketing, performance marketing. And so they're really excited about us and about where we've been able to take the brand uh, in the U.S. And, and I think collectively we're excited about where we're going to be able to take the brand uh, and our intelligent products uh, around the world. Very good. So you, you say you're number one. So can you touch a little bit more on the competitive landscape? Yeah, sure. So uh, our core product segment is uh, cable modems and, uh, and, and gateways. Uh, we do routers and cable modems and gateways and then also mesh. Uh, but in that core product segment uh, on Amazon.com, we started last year at number three uh, behind uh, Aris and Netgear, uh, and we uh, entered this year as, as the number one, uh, as the leading uh, uh, brand in that category. So we're really excited about that momentum. Uh, you know, in the mesh side, we, we compete with other folks um, like Eero uh, and, and Asus, but in that, in that core cable market, cable market uh, context, we, we compete with uh, Netgear and 
uh, and Eris. And what's the overall market doing, or, or is it one of grabbing share? Uh, so the overall market, especially for connectivity, is, uh, is, it has returned to levels that are above uh, pre-pandemic uh, levels, but below the pandemic peak. Um, but, so it's, some of it's about grabbing share, although the market is growing. Uh, we do expect it to continue to grow from here. But the, the, the biggest opportunity for us is going adjacent uh, into, you know, kind of adjacent categories like mesh, and then also going overseas, right? There's a massive uh, connectivity market uh, for products, and, you know, we are a very tiny percent of that, right? We were, uh, there's just in the U.S., the market for, for cable modems and gateways is around, you know, between 300 to $350 million. The, the, the market for mesh and Wi-Fi is maybe five to $550 million. And that's just in the U.S. And so here we sit at, uh, you know, at, at around 55 million bucks last year. And we have a lot of room to grow uh, in the existing market, and especially as we take the brand overseas, right? It's even much, much bigger outside the U.S. Uh, than it is in the U.S. So there's a lot of opportunity both uh, to kind of grow our market share, grow the number of markets that we're in, grow the retailers. I will say one of our, our biggest excitement uh, is that we've been able to produce that shift in uh, retail market share or I'm sorry, an e-commerce market share, and we're excited to have that follow along on the retail side. Retail, you know, stores move slower than, than online uh, selling does. We're excited to bring uh, that progress to, to, the, to the retailers in the U.S. And, and talk to them about a, our growth story. So when you compete, is it mainly on price, or, or what attributes make you win the business? So it, it, it's a combination of things. One is uh, just the ability to execute and deliver uh, to people information around the differentiating products, uh, differentiating features that we have in our products. So we execute better online uh, and with our brand and, and marketing strategies. Uh, and then we also have a great product, right? So we are differentiated with, with our app. Um, we're differentiated with the, you know, the level of technology. So bringing uh, new technologies like Doxus 3.1 to bear, uh, Wi-Fi 6. Um, you know, this year we, we're talking about Wi-Fi 6E. And so there's, there's, a, there's a host of things on the, uh, on the hardware side that we do differently and compete on. And then really, you know, what differentiates us is, is the mobile side. So is, is, the, is the software that we deploy uh, with, those, with our intelligent products. And that allows you to do all kinds of things uh, that, you know, just come for free with our apps. So parental controls, uh, helping manage cybersecurity risk for home networks, helping, uh, you know, mitigate uh, or helping manage, you know, um, all the different types of things you want to do, signal strength, performance. Uh, you know, the, the software that we deliver really allows people to uh, get, get the feeling as though they're being supported by that IT manager or that sysadmin that they used to have at the office. Um, but we're doing it with you know, AI and with great user experience to allow you to deliver uh, you know, a, a network that performs for you and your family. You know, and frequently, your job. Right? We're all kind of learning more from home and we're earning more from home. Uh, we're doing more streaming at home. We have more people that consume our bandwidth. And so, you know, we're there to support all of our, all of our consumers, all of our customers, in making sure that that home network allows them to do everything that they needed to do. Okay. Now, now who is your customer? So our customer is uh, consumers. Uh, by and large, you, you would go into, uh, you'd think you'd want, hey, I want to do something with my Wi-Fi. I want to do something with my uh, with my my home connectivity setup, so I want to do a new cable modem. I want to stop paying that, that fee to Comcast or Cox to, to get their kind of old technology in my house. I want to just own my own product. 
<clears throat> and and so you you know you're you're thinking about that, and you then go to you do some online research. You'd find us as the number one cable modem on on Amazon, or you'd find us at Best Buy with great reviews, uh, or you'd go into you know Best Buy or Target, um, and and then make the purchase. So our, our consumer, uh, the consumer is is our is our purchaser, um, and you know we we also have uh, some business with SMBs. Uh, and with ISPs. So our primary go-to-market motion is, is to the consumer through e-tail and retail, but that is supported uh, by our, our work with ISPs. We just announced a couple different ISPs that we're doing uh, uh, paid partnerships with or paid pilots with earlier this spring, one in Indonesia, one in India, that, added, that is added to uh, one we announced last year, a large one uh, down in South Africa. And so those folks are just buying our software, right? Uh, they, they put our software on, on cable modems, or I'm sorry, on, on uh, Wi-Fi devices that they're rolling out to their consumer bases. Uh, so we really have that, that primary go-to-market motion is, is to consumers through ETL and retail. And then we have an additional go-to-market motion to some small businesses that want to have great Wi-Fi for their employees and get visibility into it. And then also with ISPs uh, who are supporting their subscriber base. Okay. And on the hardware portion, are you manufacturing yourself or is that outsourced? Uh, so we work with some some key ODMs uh, that uh, make their devices in uh, in Vietnam uh, and other parts of Southeast Asia. So that's you know we we produce it there. We get our chips from also from Southeast Asia and, and bring them over uh, to to the U.S. to distribute uh, you know via our retail and retail channels. So ca capacity is not an issue then. No, capacity is not an issue for us. You know we have uh, a diverse set of ODMs that we rely on for, you know, different Wi-Fi and, uh, and, and cable modem gateway products and, you know, use a uh, couple different types of chips uh, to, to achieve that. So we, you know, we've been working hard to mitigate uh, the risk that we have seen over the past couple of years with supply chain issues. Uh, and, and we're very excited. We entered uh, this year with a significant amount of uh, inventory on the books. We actually raised money last summer uh, in order to purchase that inventory because we did see some risks uh, in that area. And we're you know, well-stocked and now in a position to be burning down inventory over the first half of the year as we continue to uh, you know, get our products into people's homes. Okay. So, so it sounds like you had supply issues in the, in the past, but they're not an issue any longer? So you know, we had two types of supply issues that, that ran into us in Q4. Uh, the first one was with, was with new product launches. Uh, so those were delayed a little bit by about you know, what we expected to come at the end of Q3 and, and at the beginning of Q4 ended up coming at the end, in the middle of Q4, at the end of Q4. So new product launches were impacted. And then uh, last quarter we had a, uh, two things that happened to us. One is, you know, Omicron suppressed demand a little bit uh, at the end of the year in December. And then a lot of people seeing those supply chain concerns purchased early in, in, in September. So we got a, a, you know, we had a, uh, an impact in Q4, but we're excited about the bounce back that we've seen in Q1 with retailers returning to our expected levels. Um, and we gave guidance on our most recent earnings call that we'd, we'd grow on a quarter over quarter basis by between 20 and 30%. So we're excited to kind of return to that growth. Um, and we exited the year with, uh, with uh, about $32 million in, in inventory. And so we're excited to you know, have that uh, have that in our back pocket as we go sell through the first half of the year. So, so I noticed the stock has had some challenges over the last year. Is, is that the reason, and is that what's different now, or, or what's different now? 
Yet, you know, I think we've gotten hit because people are concerned about supply chain in general, even though we've been able to manage through. They, you know, they see headlines, uh, you know, that, are, that make them concerned, like the lockdown in, in Shanghai, even though we, of course, have a great, uh, you know, our supply chain runs primarily through Vietnam. Uh, and, and also we have a significant amount of inventory that we've built up to, to hedge against these kinds of risks. So I think there's just a general, you know, pullback. Uh, you know, I, I'm really excited about the direction of the company. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, given our inventory position, our cash position, uh, you know, what we're planning to do in, in transforming the business to become a software business, uh, we're in a really great position. And, you know, I'm excited to share that story with, with more investors uh, so that they can, you know, see where we are. And, and, you know, we expect to, you know, participate as we execute and hopefully drive the, uh, drive the you know, the, the, the stock price north. So can you talk about that software business a little bit? Because to me, I was thinking that it kind of went with the hardware, but it sounds like it's separated. So there, there's, it, does, it does go with the hardware, um, but that's the base, right? And there's kind of two ways to think about it. The first one is uh, we sell our own Motorola-branded hardware with our software on it, right? Then we also sell uh, <clears throat> Minim-branded software, to ISPs, right? So we sell the software ourselves on our own hardware. We sell it to ISPs who put it on hardware, right? The, the next layer of software is really around uh, incremental services. So we bundle some software with all of the hardware. That, we bundle software with all the hardware that goes out. Um, but then we're in a position this year to be starting to layer on incremental value-added services. So let's say you want enhanced parental controls. Uh, to, you know, to, to, to keep better, a better eye on, on what your kids are doing online. Let's say you want enhanced security to make sure that, you know, none of the devices you have are, are going to, uh, you know, more active security to make sure they're not going to the wrong place on the Internet or are infected uh, in some way. So we are, you know, building out those applications uh, and are going to be able to deliver those and make, you know, that pure incremental uh, software revenue on top of the, the basic software revenue that we bundle in as part of our, uh, the purchase price of our devices. So it sounds like you have a, a, a two or three uh, revenue models. Is that correct? And if that's the case, um, how do the gross margins look, and, and and where should they be? Yeah. So we do have, you know, we have the the device that we sell to consumers, uh, and that goes over retail, retail, and an own channel that we launched, MotorolaNetwork.com, that we launched last last fall, uh, and that you know that carries a standard hardware margin structure. Um, you know, depending on how we sell it from, you know, 25 to 35%, let's say, is where the, where the industry uh, sorts out there. Um, you know, then you have the software side of it. So uh, on the pure incremental software, uh, you know, that, you know, the, the target market for the target margin structure for SaaS is, you know, 80, 90%. Um, you know, and that, that applies both to the incremental services that we would deliver on top of that bundled software that we sell to consumers uh, you know, the $0.99 cents a month thing or the $9.99 a, a month uh, product type. Uh, and then the same thing goes for the, the, the structure of the software that we sell to ISPs. So it really is a blend of, you know, those two types of margin structures. And today most of our uh, revenue comes from that hardware sale, uh, that intelligent product sale that we talked about through retail and retail. So we look more, our margin structure looks more like a hardware company today. But as we, you know, continue to, uh, you know, move through this transformation, we expect that those hardware uh, margins will rise. And I, I'm not sure we ever see a time when we don't have a, you know, a hero product that we, we sell our software on under the Motorola brand. Um, you know, so that'll always be there as part of our, our strategy. 
But I do think that you know you can expect to see our gross margin picture improve as we layer in more and more software into the business. Okay. And then did I hear correctly in terms of hardware products that, that, that you don't have a mesh uh, network product, but you might be coming out with that? No, we, we actually have our – last fall we released our first Wi-Fi 6 product, um, and you can go see it just got, just got picked by PC Magazine as the, the best uh, mesh system that comes with, a, with app management. And you know, we're going to release a couple more of those this year to fill out kind of a good, better, best uh, offering. And you know, that, that's as, you know, part of our strategy to have really things across the connectivity spectrum. So cable modem, uh, you know, a bridge, uh, then you talk about a, a gateway, then you talk about a router, uh, and then you talk about mesh. So there's, there's four different kind of device uh, platforms that we use to, to get our software into people's hands. Very good. So what's the biggest gating factor inhibiting further growth? You know, I, I, I honestly think the, the most exciting thing for me this year is uh, bringing our software <clears throat> across our entire hardware platform. So we went from one uh, hardware, uh, one intelligent product uh, last year, uh, uh, at the beginning of last year, to exiting the year with five. And by the time we exit this year, it'll be across all of our models. Uh, and I think that's going to be put us in a great position to just increase that so software customer acquisition and really allow us to do two things that really change, change the business model. The first one is to do upsell and cross-sell with, with, our, our, with our app uh, to get people to purchase the next product, you know, whether it, you know, they purchase the, the primary products we sell uh, today or cable modems and gateways to get them to purchase mesh. So bring them across, bring them to a, an owned site, and allow them to you know, kind of upsell into a better internet performance package for their home. Uh, that, that gives us a much better margin structure uh, that we can you know, give a discount to customers and yet still uh, be able to uh, still be able to improve our margin over the traditional retail retail channels. And then, and then the second one is getting, uh, you know, getting those upsells and those cross-sells and upsells from a software perspective, so those two enhanced uh, you know, the, the software packages that we talked about uh, for parental controls or for uh, security, uh, for you know, improving your performance if you're you know, traveling and you want a VPN, if you're on a, on, uh, working remotely or, or you know, kind of a nomad where you uh, go to lots of different places to access your network. So you know, those are the different things that we're, that we're working on, and I think it's really the, the, you know, it's how fast can we execute against bringing that software across all of, our, all of those, uh, those hardware models and what's getting there is, you know, we're not we're not interested in raising additional capital. So, you know, uh, with the team that we have, we're, we feel very confident in our position, our you know, our capitalization, uh, and we don't want to put that at risk at a time when, you know, I think it's very the markets are very challenging. So we're excited to have raised last year, uh, put ourselves in a position to have the have the liquidity and capital to to execute through that plan, um, and that's what we're doing right now. And you know, I just wish there were more hours in the day to uh, to bring that software. Uh, further, faster. Very good. So as we watch the company over the next year, are there any upcoming events or, or catalysts that we should look out for? Yeah, absolutely. So people should be tracking against uh, you know, our deferred software revenue and seeing that grow on, on our books. People should be tracking against the number of minimum intelligent networks. Uh, we've said that we're going to, uh, you know, after starting last year, we're going to uh, you know, go past 100,000 minimum intelligent networks this year. And, and those are really the things to track against. So, you know, how are we progressing? We have a couple important product releases that we'll do in the, in the, in the Wi-Fi 6 category this year. Uh, but really, you know, it's, it's how are we executing against that transformation story. And the three work streams of effort there are, you know, how many devices are intelligent? Uh, you know, how are we doing 
in bringing the, the software uh, into people's uh, experience so that we can kind of cross-sell them on our own properties, and then how do we uh, execute against uh, those incremental upsells on software. So you know, tracking that software story and, uh, and, and the products in, that we're using to get that software out to people are the key things to pay attention to. Okay. So before we go, is there anything you want to leave us with as to why this is an attractive place? You know, I, I think, you know, when I think about the catalysts for, for us, uh, it really is about, you know, you look for, for things like management team changes. And so we've had, we, we just brought on a great new CFO uh, who joined us with 18 years experience uh, at Motorola. Uh, and so that's a fantastic, you know, evidence as well as the last uh, six months, we saw a new person with a ton of experience in the retail channel and uh, a woman now heads up our software who is, uh, comes to us from Charles Schwab where she developed that enterprise level consumer app um, you know, and then and then we actually hired uh, someone to run our hardware who comes from a long long term experience over at Aris, one of our chief competitors. So uh, you have this catalyst that's the new management team. You know, you look at our growth compared to the industry. We we outstripped uh, the you know, industry growth industry growth rates last year, and we expect to do that again this year. <clears throat> you know, the third catalyst I would say is the uh, is the software transformation we're undergoing. You know, and then we have the, the, the benefits of being in a, in a significant market that's growing. Uh, and then we also have a great brand, right? Uh, we, we sell primarily in the U.S. today under the Motorola brand, and we're so excited to bring that, that, uh, those products and services global because it, it's a brand that's known everywhere uh, around the earth. So, uh, you know, it's those, real, uh, those are the real catalysts that, that we're excited about uh, and we think are going to, you know, be, be with us and drive the performance of the company. Okay. Well, great. Thanks so much for sharing the Minimum story. Hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate your time.